Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Danger Room, part two, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And by part two, I meant that we are covering the all-new X-Men annual, giant-sized annual, number 10, from 1986, the uh, September, on sale September 23rd of 1986, cover price $1.25, because it's an annual, as I mentioned. Page count is 48, title is performance and we are jumping back to the ghosts trade paperback because as adam and i found there's really no real good place for this comic book to fit i'm actually reading it from new mutants classic oh okay where it fits much better (laughs) well it probably does fit in better with the new mutants timeline but uh, as you pointed out a while back it, this issue has to take place after we meet Psylocke, and it has to take place after Nightcrawler. Well, Nightcrawler has to be a present. Uh, I guess those are the only two requirements. The uh, It could have taken... I have a feeling after rereading this that it takes place before the X-Men go to San Francisco. But that was a long time ago. I don't know about... Well, maybe. Well, there's there's a whole bunch of reasons why that's not true, and a couple of reasons why that could be true. Uh, there's there, There's just... There's just no good place for this. No, Colossus is, uh, Colossus's outfit is wrong for that time frame. Rachel is missing for some reason. That's true. Well, but that makes sense for it to take place after the whole Nimrod battle because that's when Rachel disappeared. But there's there's no break after the Nimrod battle where this would make sense. Well, look, after we saw them rescue Nightcrawler, and before they the the mystery people started killing people in the tunnels, this happened. So this this happens actually in between the pages of issue two ten. Well, no, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because in the next issue that we cover, two eleven, Nightcrawler. You remember at two ten, at the end of uh, at the end of two ten, Nightcrawler says, "I can no longer teleport." R- uh, yes, I do. And in two eleven, he can teleport. Spoilers, but not very well. He so, doesn't do a whole lot of teleporting in this issue. It's true, but he doesn't seem to sputter out the way that he will in issue 211. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, this is probably the best place for us to put it. Yeah, I, I really wonder when they timelined all this out, like what? I don't think they did. I honestly really don't believe they did. I think they did this as an afterthought and just tried to fit it. in a And, and nobody sat down and analyzed it the way that... We're overdoing. Okay, so uh, in real-time release cycle, where does this fall after or before? So 209 comes out June 10th of 1986. And you said this came out in August? This comes out in September. Oh, oh my. This is like Mid-Mutant Massacre then. This comes out after after 212. Oh, well. And before 213. So, yeah, right smack dab in the middle of Mutant Massacre. Huh. That doesn't make any sense at all. Okay. Yeah, we're overanalyzing it. Nobody, we're, we're putting way more thought than anybody at Marvel ever did. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's fun to do. I'll point out some of the uh, inconsistencies as we go, but um, for the most part, we're going to put it here. Okay. Fair enough. Um, the cover's great. You know, it's, uh, it's Art Adams, right? So you can't go wrong there. Um, it's a uh, mock of the classic giant-sized X-Men number one, where the new X-Men are bursting through 
the cover of a comic book with the old X-Men, but in this case, it is the new mutants in crazy new costumes bursting forth through a comic book that seems to feature young X-Men. Yes, the young X-Men are the old X-Men in this homage. Mm-hmm. And it's introducing the newest X-Men Longshot trademark. Which is going to be another interesting inconsistency. Well, I have a theory for that. Okay, good. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe we're not even talking about the same thing. Yeah, it's performance. You know what? I never. I don't think I ever knew that this issue was called performance because that's, I don't know, it's not really a good title for this. Well, it makes sense. It does. It's really a little too on the nose, but... <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it's Chris Claremont writing, Arthur Adams penciling Terry Austin's inker, Petra Scott, Scottesi, Scottesi is a colorist, Tom Orzakowski's lettering, and Nocenti's the editor, and Jim Shooter's the editor-in-chief. We open up with Colossus throwing a fastball special slash Wolverine at Magneto. They're in the danger room, and they are practicing. They're practicing. The game is tagged. The goal is for the X-Men to simply touch Magneto. Uh, but Magneto, well, he's pretty good at what he does, and he's unable. None of the X-Men can get past his powers or his uh, agility. I don't really like Art Adams' take on his costume. The gloves are too big. Um, but, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Up in the control booth, you have Sunspot, you've got Cypher, and you've got Betsy Braddock. Sunspot's in his typical broody, like, oh, they suck. We do way better than that against Magneto. Mm, grumpy. We should be X-Men. That's that's true, but uh, Cypher disagrees, says they're older, Bobby, and Betsy thinks to herself, where do I belong? With the novices as a student or among the X-Men, what does make the difference between the two teams, which I guess is sort of the theme of this issue, although... And we'll, find, really. we'll, we'll find out at the very end, actually. It surmises it very well. It, it does, it, but it's, it's, um, I, it's a theme that I will quickly forget. Well, right. Until the last page. Right. Um, and when I was a X-Men reader in my youth, I had not read the New Mutants at all. And I hadn't read, obviously, then the New Mutants Annual Number 2. So I had just assumed that Betsy Braddock was like a new mutant for a bunch of issues. Hmm. So when she says this, like, where do I belong? I just assumed that this is the issue where she, I don't know, she doesn't get promoted, but, but makes her moves impresses the x-men as it were but no i'm wrong this is just part two of of a very long mojo story oh by the way mojo's in this because in the next panel we see that mojo is watching the x-men in the danger room but adam how is he doing that well as we learned last issue mojo gave betsy Braddock special bionic eyes which she decided not to remove. And now we realize that they are, in fact, cameras. And Mojo is using the footage to create an amazing X-Men TV show for the Mojoverse. And apparently it's doing all right. It's not doing great because, as Major Domo points out, like they haven't been able to fully recuperate uh, the money they spent on the Wild Ways debacle. Well, yeah, I guess maybe the Wild Ways was... Not that popular? It seemed like it was. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just a callback to another issue. Maybe it was I too think the expensive. idea here is that Major Domo always complains about money. Yes. Well, he's, yeah, he's a, he is a soulless bean counter, as we find out through this issue. Indeed. And Mojo just goes through and he's like, oh, it doesn't, the money doesn't matter. I, I'm an artist. I create. Um, and Spiral then, is wearing a strange samurai headgear that 
she doesn't often wear. No, I, I actually uh, not. So later on, Spiral will lose like the coat portion of this and she'll have like kind of a tight blue outfit along with this mm-hmm. helmet. I have that action figure. Oh. And I feel like this is the only issue where she wore that particular outfit. See, this works for, for Spiral's story. This works really well in between the long shot and where she first appears in X-Men as a member of uh, the Freedom Force. All right. How about this, Adam? Maybe Mojo exists in a timeless area. And so the events that we see in Mojoverse are just happening at some point, even though they're viewing uh, things that are happening, you know, in our real time. So they're just in a different time. So this maybe is actually happening before that, even though in our time it's not. Sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, right? This This kind of... Uh, this makes a lot of sense as to why she's now working with Freedom Force because as you read it in continuity, it's as if she's just bouncing back and forth between, well, I do this, then I do this, then I'm back over here doing this, and now I'm over here doing this. And we, the reader, are like, how is she getting to all of these different places and why is she doing all of this? So anyhow, uh, Mojo's like, well, I have an idea. Um, Let's make a new show. He has a concept, and it's brilliant because it's his, and he pushes a button. Apparently, that's all it takes for for Mojo to to, to really almost ruin the X-Men is just pushing a button. He's had this button ready and wired in, ready to go for a while. He's been waiting to push it. Yep. And when he does, there's a large explosion in the danger room of plasma energy, and out of the energy bubble pops long shot which makes me think like has he always been there what exactly does the button do <laughs> well where did we last leave long shot at the end of his limited series right and he was on earth right just like chilling well he he had said that he was gonna stop the evil of mojo okay. and that was like his thing so I, apparently that didn't work. So you think maybe possibly he headed back to the Mojo verse somehow, got there, and Mojo's like, "Oh, hey, Longshot, I need to, I need you to stand right there for a second. <laughs> Let me wire up this button to you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's what happened. Uh, Longshot made an attempt to do something, and it didn't work out. Okay. And now he's back to where he was at the beginning of the Longshot Limited series, sort of. So he pops out of the ball, he lands uh, square on his face, and there's a whole bunch of, like, goop on everybody. And Betsy runs in with the medical kit, and uh, Nightcrawler points out, she's like, Danke, Fräulein Breda. Good news, I found his pulse. Both of them. What? He's got two hearts. Is he a Time Lord? I don't know. And Psylocke attempts to do a mind probe, which she does, but she's like, I don't even know what this man's thinking. His thoughts are utter chaos. It's like he's suffering from severe shock. But boy, is he beautiful. He has no coherent sense of self. In fact, none of the images I'm receiving make the slightest sense. So they decide that they're going to get him to the infirmary. Um, Nightcrawler says, he's got three fingers. Big deal, says Wolverine. You got two. My friends, I don't believe our guest is human. But what does that make me? <laughs> Am I not human since I only have two fingers? Oh. I, yeah, that's a good question. What a that conundrum. Is, that is kind of weird. 
Uh, Cypher up in the uh, Danger Room booth asks if he can have a sample of the goop that's now covering all of the X-Men and the Danger Room. And as soon as he asks for it, it all disappears. Oof. No problem. I, huh? So it's all gone. Every trace of it. So they, they head out. Uh, Storm orders them into the decontamination module. She's, she has she wants the decontamination procedure to be run on the danger room as well. She picks up uh, Longshot and thinks to herself, this is strange. Uh, he is my size, yet lighter than Shadowcat. I can carry him with ease. Do we know about his weight? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So I don't. we don't learn anything more about it in this issue either. Hmm. I don't think, unless I missed something. He must be missing fingers. As in, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, in the Longshot Limited series, what did they establish his powers to be? Well, uh, there were some luck-based powers. But wasn't it, like, not just good luck, but sometimes bad luck? Yeah, there was, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was. But he doesn't always have good luck. So he'll have bad luck if he doesn't believe in himself or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, right. That's a thing that never comes back, I don't think. Maybe it does. There's one odd story coming up that I that maybe ties into all that. But yeah, I mean, as far as uh, we've seen, it's only really he's handsome and he has luck, right? Yeah, okay. and uh, we don't see much of his powers in this issue. And we get a shot of Wolverine and Betsy side by side, and you're like, whoa, Wolverine's head's the size of Betsy's boob. <laughs> Wolverine is short. And Betsy is super tall. Well, and, and Art Adams has a thing about drawing people very tall. Um, Art Adams also enjoys drawing the female figure. Yeah, very much so. I mean, he is—he invented the '90s, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's true. Definitely. You yeah. heard it here first. I just said Art Adams invented the '90s. I told. I mean, I, I give you that. This is a style that is definitely aped by lots of other artists. Lots of other young men who were yes. like, "Va va voom!" <laughs> I want to draw like that. So they uh, the next morning, storm is um, she's getting up. She's naked, too, by the way. Of course. Yep, because she always is. And she's wondering why her bathrobe is so much smaller. And she's also... So much larger. And she's also kind of talking in a little bit of slang. I wouldn't call it Hiya, plants. Yeah, like a little... Sounds like something the kitty would say. Exactly. That's what I was trying to get at, which is weird. Um, But then we hear somebody scream. Yow! It's uh, Ilyana, and she's like, get in here, everybody, X-Men mutants. And they do, and they're like, look at Kitty, something's wrong with her! Long, or long, no, uh, Lockheed. Lockheed is guarding Kitty, who's on her bed crying. He's all growling, he doesn't know what's going on. Don't get too close, Lockheed's a little tense. And immediately we don't, we don't, maybe by the drawing you could ascertain what's happening, or you could be just like, well, that's a really young-looking drawing of Kitty, I don't understand. But then... Storm runs in and everyone's like, whoa, you're short and you look young. Aurora got short. Wolverine got really short. Yeah. Wolverine, is he supposed to be like 17 here? <laughs> I don't. Okay. We're going to have to pretend we don't know anything about Wolverine in order to. Like, <laughs> right. In order for this issue to function properly, we have to assume that A, Wolverine is younger than Magneto. Yeah, and also Storm. I think, though, haven't we seen, I don't remember if it's in the pages of the X-Men or the pages of something where Wolverine's been like, oh, I've lived a lot of lifetimes and I've fought in a lot of wars. Like, hasn't it already been established that he's not a 40-year-old man? 
that he's much older. We don't know that he's from the 1800s, but don't we know? Well, if 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 so, this issue forgets all that. <laughs> okay, I mean clearly, yes, because because we'll... in this issue he is uh, very clearly placed in between Storm and Colossus as far as age goes. You think so? Yeah, yeah, I do, and I'll tell you why if if I remember when we get there. Okay. Because I think it's been established that Colossus is like 19 and Wolverine is far older than that. And that uh, Storm is 18, 19, 20, something like that. But okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this, this issue is just whack, man. The it's ages, whack. The ages really aren't consistent because uh, Rogue is also in the background and she's like, Come on, give me a break, creeps. Let me see. Aurora Wolvie pushed me. <laughs> so she got, she's like seven. Rain is also tiny. Well, she's just a short Irish girl. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cypher's like, Magneto, all the X-Men, they've been affected the same way. They also found their young, uh, costumes and put those on. Oh, yes, because, <laughs> yeah, they, they happen to have costumes from a few years back, let's say. <laughs> uh, or, I mean, we could say unstable molecules, but, uh, yes, Wolverine has a little Wolverine costume. Uh, oh, I, I, I think we may have not actually mentioned it, but Kitty is very young in this. Yeah. I think we kind of glossed over that. Yeah. She's, she's almost a, she's almost a kid. But, but Kitty's wearing her shadow cat costume. It's just very small. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just curious what kind of wardrobe the X-Men keep. Well, they have the unstable molecules that they borrowed from the Fantastic Four. Right. Okay. Stormsteel is like, I do not understand why you new mutants are so upset, as you can plainly see, and as I keep telling you, all is well. Look, I fit into my costume. <laughs> Nothing's, cha- Nothing's changed, brats. We're the same as ever. This is a good opportunity to bring <laughs> back our 19-year-old Wolverine. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> the heck you are, Wolverine, says Cypher, and he pulls up a... Uh, uh, some holographic images of Colossus and Shadowcat as they were and as they are, and as they are today is much smaller. Origin unknown, prognosis unknown, cure, dot, 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 unknown. And Betsy pops her head in and she's like, our mysterious guest is awake. And all the ladies rush to see the utter dreamboat and be still my heart, thanks, Kitty. Storm asks, have you a name? What's a name? Great, says Danny. Either a amnesiac or a total space case, but at least he speaks English. Nightcrawler points out that all the girls are in love with the strangers. They're girls, Elf. Somebody's got no taste and no less brains. <laughs> but he's still smoking his cigar, so it's the same old Wolverine that we know and love. <laughs> uh... Doug and Warlock head over to the danger room because something's up. They just don't, nothing sits right with this. I mean, why would it? Uh, And they decide to, uh, they're going to comb the danger room for any more of the goop. And they're going to merge like they did in New Mutants. And we get the same story. Yeah, Warlock is hesitant to merge because eventually it's going to become permanent. But uh, Cypher says, that's my choice, my risk. We got to do this for our friends. It's essentially yeah, it's, what he said in New Mutants. It's essentially the same. And he does the whole thing like, wow, I like looking at the world through your eyes. Danger. There is danger in those thoughts. I am not scared. Should be, will be. Oh, he says that the, the X-Men were all covered in ectoplasm and maybe, and that has to be the key to why they're um, shrinking. There's a lot of a lot of key talk yes. in today's Groups of comics. I'll try to point them all out, but it happened a lot. Does that mean your dad Magus is behind this? He says, no, probably not. But technology is of self's home world, but the final product has been extensively modified. 
wasn't there a connection between Warlock and Longshot in the miniseries? Warlock knew who Longshot was. But he doesn't anymore. Uh, I guess not. <laughs> okay. Didn't, didn't, who wrote the Longshot miniseries? It definitely was not Chris Claremont, but I can find out in a matter of seconds because of this amazing thing called the internet. It was Anna Senti. Oh, okay. It was edited by Louise Simon, Louise Jones, Louise slash Simonson slash Jones. They uh, reason that this is the same type of thing that happened <clears throat> during the Brat Pack incident, <clears throat> which is the which was our last episode, the yeah, Mutants, Mutants. Uh, annual too. And uh, they're like, we got to go warn the others. Psylocke, though, she's like, our stranger's name is Longshot. I don't know how she knows that. She went into his mind. Yeah, but earlier in the episode, she's like, I. It's chaos. It's blank. No identity of self. She's able to pulse. I don't know. Maybe he was less coherent because he had just been popped out of a buttonhole. Oh, that could be. But now he's a little more conscious and able to be a little more coherent. Although he doesn't know what a name is. You would think he would know that. Well, maybe it's like coming out of anesthesia where you just say weird things. It's a lovely name. Mine's Rogue Cutie. I like how Rogue looks like... uh, Kind of a teen boy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's, it's realistic. She's got giant ears. Mm-hmm. It's good. And Psylocke finds in his deepest memories the uh, image of a creature responsible for the regression and where to find him. So X-Men are like, let's go. Let's get him. Assume would be Mojo. Yeah. I don't know. Shouldn't Psylocke remember who Mojo is? Oh, that's a good question. Or did she, did she never see Mojo? No, she did no, see Mojo. she knows who Mojo is because she, doesn't she even say something about her eyes earlier? Or no, that was at the end of New Mutants. Maybe she's talking about, no, she said where to find him. So she's not talking about Spiral. I don't know. You know, annual. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, the New Mutants are like, no, you, you guys probably shouldn't go because look, weird things are happening to you. What do you know, Bim Bad? Stand aside or get run over. And she's like, I'm not going to take that kind of a talk from adults, Wolverine, much less a punk boy of my own age. So however old Danny is, is how old Wolverine is right now. So 17? Yeah. Chill out, the lot of you. And that's when Warlock and Doug come around the corner and they're like, hey, we know who it is. It's Spiral and Mojo and the new mutants turn. And that's when Magneto strikes and knocks them all out. How old is Kitty? Is she 14? Well, Kitty's, no, I think she's like 15. All right, then I think that Danny is also 15. Oh, my. So Wolverine's 15? Or maybe, or maybe 16. But that doesn't make any sense at all, then. Cannonball and Danny are the oldest. So shouldn't Wolverine be like 28? I don't know. I mean, even if you're just saying like, okay, he's 40, shouldn't he be 28? Just like never minding anything we already know about Wolverine. Yeah, the, the age seems, the, the de-aging process here seems to be very inconsistent. Because how old's Magneto? He still has gray hair. He has gray hair all the way to being a toddler. That's true. That's right. I forgot about Didn't that. Didn't he have gray hair as a baby? I think I think you're right. I think he did. So he he's just an albino. Yeah. So he knocks them out, and they uh, they steal the uh, Rolls Royce, and that's when we start the ex-baby dialogue. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. Who drives? I will. No, me. Me. Kitty had an accident. Stinkeroo. <laughs> Which way? You're so smart. You figure it out. Are we there yet? Told you it'd work. Did not. You turn the steering wheel. I'll press the pedals. Kitty, not again. Stop the car. Open uh, a window. No, the other pedal. Pickle brain. Watch out for trees. Yeah. Stinkaroo. Stinkaroo. 
uh, clearly, Chris Claremont hasn't been around children because <laughs> no child of any age talks like that ever. Not even when they're in like a group of kids and there's no adults around. Uh, they don't say stinkaroo. Or, no one says stinkaroo or pickle that's a, brain. That's sad. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess I don't know that for a fact, but stinkaroo, good name for a band. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so they, they, they pop out. I think they're in Central Park, maybe. Uh, yes, they are at the, the theater that we were at where the same theater that Rachel disappeared at. Ah, yes. And the same theater that we, I think we were at last issue as well. Uh, the New Mutants annual for some reason. Sure. We keep coming back to the Delacorte. I think I'll kill you and the world will all thank me for it, says Magneto. You're just jealous, Silvertop, because Aurora likes me best. That'll be the day, Pip Squeak. Yeah, a very much younger Betsy, because I swear like two pages ago she was not so childlike. But well, anyway. she, uh, I guess, did she lose her powers before or did she just lose them now? I think she just lost them now because earlier she was reading Longshot's name out of his okay. head and when she was doing that I swear she looked like she was older but she yeah, yeah whatever so. she, now she looks like she's about seven stop yelling it hurts my head or stop yelling it hurts my head oh presumably it hurts her head because she still has powers then mm, maybe i don't know uh, they wonder where they're going. What does it matter? We're all grown. We've all grown so young. There's nothing we could do. Some Central Park horse uh, riding cops show up and they, hey, you kids, what are you doing out this late driving a car in Central Park? Magneto uh, breaks a pipe, causing gas to come up and the X-Men take leave. Colossus first says, don't cry, kitty. I'll protect you. <laughs> I think he's holding her like, I think she's like two. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, she is a baby. It looks like she is a, yeah, because in the next panel he's running away and he's sort of cradling her. Yeah. Weird. Uh, so, yeah, the, the X-Men take off in the, uh, with the shade of steam behind them. And they make it to the theater where they see all sorts of crazy sights and sounds. And then they get into a big argument about who's going to, who's going to lead. The funny thing about the way Art Adams draws Wolverine is that he looks, he doesn't look younger. He just looks smaller. <laughs> no, it, he looks young. He looks like a kid to me. He's got that big grin that isn't very kid-like. Uh, well, in, in, in one of the panels down there, yeah. But uh, Storm's finally had enough and she's like, look, you guys can fight all you want. I'm going in. Wait, Storm, don't leave us. We're sorry. There's Please a come back. Very funny panel of Rogue choking or grabbing Nightcrawler by the ears. Nightcrawler's got Wolverine by the face with his tail and looks like Wolverine's about to slice his tail off with his claws. <laughs> Longshot, who earlier looked like an adult, he's also regressed to a child size and he's like, um, can we just follow her? Great idea. Or, Great idea, little Longshot. Let's go, says Wolverine, who has regressed past the point of the 19-year-old. Yes. Basically, they all talk like this now. All of them. Every single one of them. They try to get into the door, but it's locked, and Magneto's like, Well, the gates are made of steel, so leave it to me. But his powers have left him because he's regressed before the point of his of his powers. So Wolverine says, Step aside. My claw's got nothing to do with any stupid powers. I'll open the gate. And he pops his claws, and then he grabs his hand and goes, Ow, oh, that really hurts. <laughs> There's blood everywhere. He's like, oh, my God, I'm bleeding out. 
I just realized my powers actually do have something to do with my claws. No, my healing factor. How do I close up the wounds? Oh, my God. No, that doesn't happen at all. No, he just pops his claws and everything's cool. But before he's able to slash the door down, Storm's like, I climbed in the back way and I picked the lock. It's a cute panel of Storm. She's got a big smile on her face. And the panel of Wolverine being surprised by this is also a good drawing. He looks like a little boy here. Uh, he, he does in that particular panel. He looks all misshapen and funny. Oh. And so they all wander in. I have no powers. How could they desert me? It isn't fair, says Tiny Magneto. He's gonna ball. I bet you you're a crybaby, Magneto. Which should have made me realize, however many years ago I read this, that it's pronounced Magneto and not Magneto. <laughs> and Storm's like, behave yourself. You're an X-Man. Stop acting like a beast. You stop being so bossy. Nightcrawler leads them into all the lights, and they're like, golly, golly gumbucks. Pretty. Close up, it's even more beautiful. Please, sir, may we come in and play? Asks Storm. And Mojo answers, of course, little Wind Rider. That's why I'm here to play with you. <laughs> and meanwhile, back at the mansion, Lockheed wakes up Danny by tugging on her hair. And apparently slamming her head into the floor. Right. <laughs> bam, bam. Tug, tug. Ow. Bam, bam, bam. Tug, tug, tug. Ow. Yeah, so it's a it's a it's a slam, a tug, and an owl. Yeah. Danny gets up and she's like, "Oh, I don't know what's going on," but she hears somebody banging on the door. I think the bamming is somebody knocking on the door. Uh, no, that's that's knock knock. You're probably right, but I really like the idea of him grabbing her hair and slamming her head into the floor to wake her. Let's go with that. That's much that's much more interesting. And in fact, she does say like, oh, would Kitty and Ilyana mind if I killed him slowly using cruel and loathsome Cheyenne tri tribal tortures? Well, it's the police and the police have tracked the uh, Rolls Royce back to the mansion and they're wondering if Professor Xavier's around. They notice that Danny doesn't look well and she's like, I got the flu. It's terrible in here. You don't want to come in. But I'll tell the professor when he gets back. Please have him call New York. <laughs> Anybody. Just just call New York. <laughs> New York! <laughs> Here's the number for New York. It's one. Just dial one. Later on, all of the new mutants wake up. Danny throws Cerebro on, but you can't find the uh, X-Men. Now remember, Kitty just updated Cerebro so that anybody can use Cerebro. Right. Which, that only just happened in issue 210. Right. So it's still, yeah, pinpointing this after 210. Uh, and Cypher, he's like, well, that makes sense because if the X-Men are regressing, uh, they've probably gone before puberty. They've probably lost their powers. And what, what's going to happen? Uh, I mean, they could be babies by now. They'll be helpless against Mojo. Heaven knows what that, heaven knows what that creep will do to them. Really bad drawing of Cannonball at the top here. He looks really old. Where he's hunched over the suit. I mean, hunched over Danny. Yeah. He looks haggard. He doesn't... I, I like it. I think it's still a good drawing. Uh, I don't... I, he looks... His head's too big. Uh, he looks too old to me. I like all his other cannonballs. Uh, Art Adams cannonballs. But that particular one... Don't like it? bothered me. So they head upstairs. They find a trunk. And apparently inside the trunk are the New Mutants X-Men graduation 
costumes. We have to try to save the X-Men, Doug, but not as the new mutants. The stakes are too high. We can't afford screw-ups. If we're to take the X-Men's place, we can't act like kids anymore. These are our graduation costumes for tonight and maybe the rest of our lives. Oh, great spirit, I hope not, I pray not. We are the X-Men. It's a thin uh, reason for them to throw on these new costumes, but whatever, for the sake of the story, I'm, I'm in. I'm good. Well, I'll never see these costumes again. Uh, here, Here's where we really get to see that Art Adams likes drawing tall people. Yes, everybody's got <laughs> lots of legs. These costumes are pretty cool, I think, um, except for mirages. I don't like mirages. Yeah, well, I was going to say I don't really care for ciphers because it just looks like a Cyclops reject costume. It does look like it looks like Cyclops with the eye holes cut out. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe they're like he's a computer guy and these goggles will give him computer vision, but he never uses them. Yeah, and he needs a vest and a random pocket. <laughs> he needs more pouches. Wait, that's not. <laughs> coming yet well it, it already it didn't didn't we determine that art adams invented pouches in the long shot series maybe i don't remember he does have a pouch cypher does mirage's costume doesn't really make any sense it doesn't seem very functional yeah it doesn't seem like it would be that easy to to run around in much less fight in wait her jacket's got all those frayed things which seem like they'd be caught on a whole bunch of stuff she got these big floppy boots that would be heavy to run in and then her legs are completely exposed I like, yeah, that's silly. I like Magic's costume. Yes. It's kind of cool. I think Magic's uh, probably the best one out of the bunch. The Cannonball one's all right. I like that. Yeah, it's okay. Um, Karma's is like, okay. she got a yin-yang on her chest. That's a little on the nose. Yeah, it's thematic. It's green. The Wolfsbane one's kind of cool. So they're like, all right, well, let's do this. We're the X-Men. Let's teleport to where the car is, and let's solve the mystery and save the day. They're thematic. Um... Eye cover color is pink, which is an interesting choice. But before they can get to the car, Mojo, I guess, is able to intercept Magic's teleportation and bring them back to the theater. Yes, Spiral takes uh, credit for that, saying, I scrambled, I scramble danced your witchling spell to bring you to my stage, showing again that Spiral's powers are just whatever they need to be. Whatever they need to be. As long as you throw dance in there, it makes sense. In the background of where they uh, materialize, there is a body shop. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's the body shoppy. Yeah, yep. Uh, yep. And so they're like, all right, and now that the cast's all assembled, let the play truly begin. And the X-Men, who are very young, but not as young as they were, show up. And they've got all new crazy costumes, except for Nightcrawler. They're starting to age again. Yeah, Storm's hair's all back, and she's got, like, this pink flowy outfit. Um, uh, Magneto's got, like, a Nazi uniform on for some reason. Strange choice. Yeah, and the weird thing about this issue is, like, we see him in this panel, and, like, we won't see him until, like, the end of the issue. It took a while for me to understand who was who looking from this. The the guy who looks like, remember, Strife? From yes. The, yeah, that's Colossus. Yes, that took me a while to figure out. He's pretty ineffective. Because from the side, you see him in the first panel where they attack. He looks like Wolverine. Right. Except with pouches. Wolverine has no shirt on, but he's got pants for now. And a big bubble head. <laughs> well, a mojo head. Well, yeah, it's, it's a bubbly mojo head. Which is pretty funny. Um, 
Rogue's got, uh, she's got like a green thing with basically her cleavage and stomach exposed. Kitty's wearing, I don't know what Kitty's wearing. And Betsy's got some boring thing on. And everybody that's watching this play, it's, well, why it's the kids from the Longshot miniseries in the New Mutants. It's Alfie mm-hmm. and uh, the other kids. Butch. Butch. And the girl. Darla. Darla. And they're like, help him, Alfie, the Brad Packer heroes too. Well, that's crazy. We're just kids. The, nobody's special. Let's ju- just get out of here while we still can. And Spiral's not like, it's you again. Let me just <laughs> dance you to your death because I'm sick of you. She's like, nope, here's some pixie dust. Everybody's going to enjoy this. And I couldn't tell here, like, there's a whole bunch of frogs. Like, did, did Okay, she- these... Are see at first I thought she turned the Brad Pack into frogs. Me too. But uh, these are these are frogs from Thor when Thor turns into a frog, and what? they reference uh, 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 Walter Simonson who wrote that thing here. He says, "Walter, do you hear croaking?" And he says, "Be real, Wheezy," which is a reference to Louise Simonson, his wife. You think frogs go to the theater? Well, I guess they do, because these are the frogs from Thor, the Thor frogs. Yeah, <laughs> I, random. Okay. <laughs> Very random because I've read this I've read this issue a dozen times and every single time I've read it I just assumed that the kids were transformed into frogs but when I really read it like for this read through where I read everything and made sure I well tried to understand things like I noticed a bunch of stuff I hadn't noticed before because this does tie in and connect so much to uh, New Mutants that I just kind of glossed over it when I was a kid. Um, I was like, this dialogue that these frogs are using make no yeah, sense in the reference of those kids. Like, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so Puddle Gulp and uh, Queen Green Song are frogs that last appeared in Thor 365. All right. Because Loki turned Thor into a frog and he was hanging out with all the frog be- frog frogs. Huh. The language of the beasts. It's a weird... I mean, there have been many Thor references in Chris Claremont's X-Men. He's obviously really enjoying the Thor run. Um, there there was a Thor, uh, Frog Thor showed up and talked to Danny in one episode of New Moons. I think I covered that one. So, you know, he just really likes it. And if you're reading Thor, you're probably like, ha ha, that's funny. <laughs> and if you're like us who haven't been reading Thor, you're like, what? <laughs> what is this? Uh, the New Mutants are like, uh, all right. Well, actually, Warlock's like, okay, the X-Men in their current state don't have any powers. And the X-Men, well, Wolverine, actually, I think it's Magneto. He says, uh, cretinous clods were getting older by the minute. And as he says that, Wolverine goes from being a smooth-skinned teenager to a hairy young man. And I think he's lost his pants. <laughs> they must have ripped out. Magneto has his powers, so he's using them. And uh, Storm has her power. She's got all her powers now. And Wolverine does not have his powers, which is how I assume that he is younger than Storm and Magneto. Yeah. Because he says, wait till we all do. Or wait till we all do. You brats will be dog meat. Yep. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> uh, so Magneto and Storm, I think, use a combination of their powers to take Warlock out. Warlock his techno-organic nature makes him especially susceptible to Magneto's total and absolute control. Betsy takes out Danny. With a psychoblast. Psychoblast! Nightcrawler attacks Rain, and Rain's thinking to herself in her first line of dialogue this whole issue, I think. Dear Lord, how do I stop them without hurting them? She's being attacked, attacked by Shadowcat, Colossus, and Nightcrawler all at the same time. Uh, Magic cannot teleport because Spiral is preventing it from by, I don't know, probably some sort of dance move. Sure. They want to stop Longshot because, or Longshot because Longshot is going after the 
actors in the play that oh by the way they interrupted a play yeah i guess that is that's not really all that clear but yes they they do teleport in the middle of a play and that's where mojo is um staging this whole thing that's why there's an audience to watch an outdoor production of uh shakespeare's a comedy of errors and not one that i'm familiar with sunspot says if the x-men are this much trouble now imagine what they'll be like when they grow up and uh, Magma's like, well, she says, I wonder what happens when they reach their true ages. Does this enchantment become permanent? They'll be locked into these cruel and evil patterns forever. And Mojo says, and is that such a bad thing? I oh, ask yes, because Mojo is here. This is the first we see that Mojo is actually here. To be molded as the Bradlings so nearly were in the images of the Wizards of Wild Ways. Mojo! Mojo! Yep. And everyone's like, yeah! Everyone's cheering. They're all excited. And Spiral's like, they cheer him as they once did me. The limelight center stage spotlight was mine. Until Lucky Longshot stole it. To see him is to love him. To know him as I did. Silent Spiral. So, <laughs> I guess this means that at one point she was Mojo's star. Something happened and she gave, Mojo gave her her six arms. There's a possibility that there was a romance between uh, Spiral and Longshot, although that's not I'd say the chances of a romance are almost definite. It seems to be the way that that's what they're implying. I don't know that we ever get a payoff of that. No, I, well, I, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. You too, too, uh, such thoughts, too many memories are fatal. Better be far, better by far to hold on to hate. With all your twisted, broken heart. I mean, come on, that that all pretty much says like, yeah, yeah. Some there, there, there was some, they, 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 they might have been married happily, or she may have just had a strong crush on him. But either way, Longshot broke her heart, and probably not even on purpose. Probably he's not that type of guy. It was probably Mojo's fault, and and uh, she's putting all this blame on him, which she does by kicking him in the butt and knocking him over. And Mojo is not happy about that. He teleports her up to him and grabs her and says. I don't remember putting that in the choreography. Could you have forgotten you're only as free an agent as I allow? And he puts her his fingers in her hand or in her mouth and makes her smile. That's better. And she he grabs her and tosses her. You know, he's way up high and he tosses her all the way down, let's say, three or four stories down. She slams into the ground and somebody says, Rip City! <laughs> Maximum slash and burn. Carrie, this isn't fun anymore. Mojo's like, who said that? How dare you turn your hearts against me? Bring them to me, each and every one. Just the hearts and minds. Leave the shells behind. Just the hearts mind you. Oh, right. He means it, says Cannibal. Mojo wants the X-Men to slaughter the audience whole. Or the whole audience. <laughs> See, it's <laughs> hard to read this stuff. As they are, they will. Fat boy is the key. See, that's another, the key. Yes. So he goes flying up, and uh, his his goal is to I don't know knock him off of his pedestal or something. But Longshot jumps out of from somewhere and knocks him off his course. No mention of Longshot's luck based powers in this issue. He is mainly just sort of acrobatic. Yep, and he goes flying off. Crowd cheers. He's sort of like a nightcrawler without the blue skin and bamfing power. Yeah, a little swashbuckler. Magma now does a volcano. She tries to raise a volcano up from underneath Mojo. Storm uh, creates a monsoon to, to put it out. So Magma wants to increase the powers, but Shan, right? Or is it Danny? No, it's Danny. She says, no, if you, if you there's too great of a risk of innocent people being hurt if you make it 
bigger. Uh, do you want to make things worse? To stop Mojo Mirage, if only someone will tell me how. Uh, Colossus drops a pillar on Sunspot, who thankfully is strong, catches it, and is able to smash it back into Colossus. Doesn't Sunspot have, wait, does he have enhanced strength, or just he has the same strength he had before the Beyonder? He has the same strength that he had before the Beyonder. Okay. His strength is enhanced by the sun. Okay. So he must have got a a good blast of the sun that he's stored up his energy. Because I think, I don't think it's daylight right now. He slams the pillar into Colossus, and that's when Storm shows up from behind him. Rogue. I'm sorry. Rogue. Very important detail. Because she grabs him and gives him a big kiss in an attempt to absorb his thoughts and his powers and skills. When And she's going to do a full-on uh, Miss Marvel on him. She's planning on taking everything. Yep. But Danny kicks her away, and she's like, oh, that was a mistake, little girl. And then suddenly she gets some memories of her in Sunspot's memories, images of her, but not the person that she is. How could I be so different? Why am I changed? Which is the real me, she wonders. She turns gray for some reason. I think it's is because she... Abs- like a sunspotty sort of thing? Well, he turns gray too, actually. So so maybe they... Because like when, when, he, when he uses his sunspot powers, he turns completely black. Yeah. So maybe she absorbed some of the blackness. And so they're both gray. I don't know. I don't know if what's going on is supposed to be representative of the color thing. or She what's... takes on the characteristics of anybody she she absorbs powers. We'll see that later in this issue. I like it, though. It's, 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 it's neat. It's a neat, different, it's a new look. Um, this is where Nightcrawler teleports three times. He's dragging Rain around as he teleports her and just making her all sick. Yeah. Poor Rain. So, I mean, this is... He doesn't say, like, oh, this is so hard after I temporarily lost my powers. Right, yeah. But so. still, it could be like, oh, I really got lucky. <laughs> well, no, I mean, this, this like, Storm has powers here. So at this point, it can be explained ah, that Mojo just, by the whole Mojo thing. Right. The part that can't be explained is when he bamps in, like, the first two pages. He grabs Wolverine and they bamf out of the danger room. But Magneto has blocked the danger room off so that he can't bamf back in. Who knows how he did that? Right, right. Mag- magnetism. But that's the only time he bamps before. Maybe he could have teleported go. back in if he had control over his powers. Chris Claremont just forgot to write that in. <laughs> he went to a lot of effort to write in specifically why he couldn't teleport back in. I don't know. Magic, she says, well... This but I, I'm willing to accept that, that that's fine. Like... You know, we we learn in the next issue of uh, of X Men spoilers that Nightcrawler can bamf again. Yeah, it's just uh, he's weak. So you know, this 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 still works for me. Magic thinks that uh, that there must be spells and sorcery abound here. So if she can teleport up there and use her Soul Sword on Mojo, maybe she can stop this madness. But uh, Mojo gets the drop on her. She is able to teleport again because Spiral was taken out by Mojo. Right. Which I was, first I saw that and I was like, wait, I thought she couldn't teleport. But then I followed through and Chris Claremont was smart. Shan here, she thinks that maybe she can help out by possessing Wolverine. And maybe she can break this control that Mojo has over him. But And here's where it's very evident that Wolverine is completely naked. Yes. Uh, and he turns to face her, and he's like, she's she's, she's frightened. He, Can't hold me, girl. 
nothing could hold me. He comes straight at her. His claws are enormous in this shot. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're going for, Art Adams, but your your perspective makes his claws like the size of my lower leg. And still it doesn't bother me. Mm, I guess. It's, neat. <laughs> it's very ridiculous. But it is totally ridiculous. And I really like the giant mojo head, so he kind of gets away with it for that. I won't be stopped. Fight the evil power that embraces you, Wolverine. See me as I am, your friend. Your will ain't much for me at mine, girl. See yourself as you truly are. Golden skin. Soon it'll be stripped and streaked. Striped. Striped and streaked in scarlet, he says quietly. And then he screams, Mojo, what have you done to me? As he tears off the Mojo face. And he looks very animalistic in this. It's a really good shot of Wolverine not looking like Wolverine. He slashes at something and little bits of debris go flying everywhere. And he's like, no more need to be scared, Karma. (laughs) Which I'm like looking at the wall behind her. He just slashed the crap out of the wall around her. And (laughs) he's like, no more need to be scared. I'm myself again. (laughs) Ah, Okay, Mr. Wolverine. I just peed my pants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That is weird, because he slashes at something and there's debris, and then the panel with what you're describing, I always thought that that was more debris, but it's not. Those are all just a ton of claw marks. Yeah, it's the wall behind her. He just slashed around her. A lot. Giving her, like, a horrible case of PTSD for the rest of her life. Right. If I would have moved even a centimeter, I would have lost a piece of myself. Poor, poor girl. He made me into an animal, took me back to where I was, where a part of me will always long to be. Almost got away with it, too. So Wolverine's back. He uh, he takes out Colossus, knocks him over. Um, uh, he, Colossus is still fighting with Sunspot. Cypher's trying to get Warlock back into commission, uh, but she he gets uh, mind-zapped by a possessed Betsy. She's so beautiful. How can I fight her? She'll know my every thought. Unless that's the key. And Betsy realizes that for some reason this guy, this person that she's about to kill knows her and uh, it loves her. Something is wrong. It's my nature, my duty to slay. Yet Douglas cares for me more than his own life. And for I am. And for some reason Wolverine is just like running at Betsy like he's going to kill her. Yeah. It doesn't really make any... It makes for a great visual, but it doesn't make any sense. Uh Cypher says, Wolverine, no! And as Wolverine comes, he can't he can't stop. He's pot committed at this point. He's going to fly into him. But at the last second, he's able to snack his claws back in, and he knocks both of them over. You broke the bloat's hold, the bloat's hold too, Psylocke? Good. Ted Cernan. Sorry, I almost killed you. The <laughs> scrap's a long way from over. <laughs> yes. And there... Uh, Doug and Betsy are in the position that they were at the end of New Mutants where they're all snuggled up against each other. Had me really worried there a minute, lady. We gotta really stop meeting like this. People will talk. Let them. Ooh, ooh. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shadowcat, she's... I think she's escaped the control somehow. She's still... She'll, she's still fighting it. Mojo's got her. Break my bones. Break her bones. She's my friend, his enemy, and therefore yours. Can't let her die until she's suffered. She's screaming louder. I want to help. I must obey. And as Mojo's about ready to crush Ilyana, Kitty phases through his chair and through him, causing his electronics to go a little wild. 
as bad an experience it is for him, it's far worse for his pets. And we see uh, cuts of all of the various X-Men screaming out in pain. And this is where you look at the little panels and you're like, oh, yeah, Magneto's wearing a World War II helmet for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> He's still here. Yes. And uh, Storm's the furthest one away. She's apparently happily being worshipped like a god. We kind of forgot about her. Yeah, she's off doing her own thing, like Magneto. Even by such ground-crawling grubs as these, only right and proper and fitting for a goddess. But is that who, what, I am? The more I believe, the more wrong it feels. Disharmony with myself, the world. So she talks herself out of being controlled and strikes Mojo with a big blast of lightning. Naughty, naughty, Windrider. That which the master gave, he can easily take away if you make him angry. But she don't care. Kitty, or Rogue flies up there, and uh, she's going to absorb his powers. Which she attempts to do, but there's no end to him. I take and take more than I've ever absorbed from anybody. So sick and foul and awful. He's an abomination that goes on forever. And you can see her, her body and her face are getting all warped and bloated. Yeah. Taking on the physical char- characteristics of Mojo. Uh, to a point where she can't handle anymore and she falls away. Uh, Someone catch her. Uh, Psylocke mind blasts Mojo. Um, knocking him down off the chair. I think she uses some telekinesis maybe. Or maybe it's a combination. Uh, then uh, Magneto steps in. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he, having taken off his helmet in the previous panel, uses his magnetic powers to pull him down uh, to the ground where Colossus KOs him. KO! Uh, Lockheed is also here, randomly. Yeah, that's weird. It doesn't really do much. No. Yeah, so Mojo comes falling down. Colossus punches him away. Nightcrawler's like, well, the only thing here is spiral sword, so I'll use that. In a very uncharacteristic panel, Nightcrawler teleports on top of Mojo, ready to deliver the killing blow by stabbing downward, which I, I just don't feel like Nightcrawler would do that. It's not written, yeah. It's not exactly in character with Nightcrawler, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chuck that up to the Mojo influence. Okay. So he's about to do it, but right before the sword is able to connect with Mojo, he teleports himself to safety. Teleported himself to safety, the cowardly toad. Is, is the battle over? Have we won? Asks Rain. Be nice, kid, if that were so, but don't bet on it. Says a pessimistic Wolverine. Give me some pants. <laughs> he is actually able to find some cloth to cover up his shame. And they decide that the best way to deal with this is to wake up Spiral and threaten her life uh, to have her turn everything back the way it was. Right, because the audience is still frozen and the X-Men are still messed up power-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so they make a bargain with Psylocke, or with Spiral, basically saying, may fix everything and we'll let you go. Mojo has abandoned you, Spiral. Your fate is in our hands. Do as we ask or die. So this, I don't know if this is the case, but this seems to be like the final farewell between Spiral and Mojo. Yeah, it seems to lead in really well to her joining Freedom Force. Exactly. But, but that's not that's the case. how that works, yeah. Uh, Betsy's still like, I say let's kill her. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps another time, Psylocke, but not tonight. So Spiral weaves another dance. Everybody's sent back to where they belong. And the end of this issue kind of turns into a new mutants issue where they're like, well, it was fun being the X-Men, but we got to put these costumes away. Sunspot's like, 
This isn't a victory. What do we accomplish? It was the X-Men, as usual, who saved the day. Yeah, but yeah, but if we hadn't shown up, they wouldn't have saved the day. So that kind of is a big deal, right? We made a difference. And that, my friends, is something to be proud of. And they're like, yeah! And they all walk away and... Except for Ileana. She's like, well, I'm not going to be part of your hug. All right, here's... Here, the, this. Everybody is way too tall in this panel. <laughs> yes. And then Ileana and Magma are both doing this thing where they're like zombies... They've got their arms thrown back behind them. They're leaning backwards. It's weird. It is very weird. And Magma's legs are super tall. Yeah, it's well, so are Ileana's, but she's just wearing long shorts. I just wonder what the motivation of drawing her separately was. And what's Warlock doing? Who's he staring at? He's looking back at Ileana. He's like, why do you look like a zombie? <laughs> Will you join my arm hug? Are you dead? It's a weird, like, it's weird that Art Adams chose to draw Magma and Ileana drawing, like, standing in the exact same awkward position that no one ever stands in. <laughs> it's not even, like, a weird pinup-y, sexy sort no, of thing. No, it's just weird. It's just gross. <laughs> so the X-Men are out by the pool, hanging out. Uh, Nightcrawler kicks Longshot into the pool, which is funny. Because of the floor, it moves. That's because it's water. Would you like to take a closer look? Boot. Splash! Splash! And uh, Storm is up on the mountain overlooking everyone, and uh, Psylocke and Wolverine join her, and this is where we get the end cap to that opening of the difference between New Mutants and X-Men. The difference being that the X-Men are heroes, and not all the New Mutants are necessarily heroes. Storm cut her hair back to the Mohawk. We get that... um, she doesn't have her powers anymore. She doesn't want any gifts of Mojo's, which makes Psylocke thinks about her bionic eyes. Would the X-Men still like me or accept me if I if I told them about my bionic eyes? Right. I don't know, but I'm not going to tell them. Uh, and then she goes on and says, uh, uh, It is why you may belong, Elizabeth, and some of the new mutants, despite their courage, may not. For better or worse, being an X-Man means not merely being a mutant, but being a hero. And that's when... The credits roll, the end, MGM Productions, Mojo's giant movies of death, and all the little Mojo-ites start clapping and hooraying and bravoing. And apparently the returns are in, and it's the best thing that Mojo has ever created. Well, from a, from a, uh, from a monetary point of view. Yeah, from a financial standpoint. Mojo, uh, or Major, Major Domo is like, all right, well, we're going to do this again next year. And, and he's like, no. Oh, no. I'm an artiste. Yes. One and done, silly boy. If only your power could be harnessed for good. I can't wait. The X-Men need me. I am the life bringer. I give them purpose. I make them I make them into heroes. They need somebody like me to suffer through. Uh, that's why I'm leaving the lucky long shot with the X-Men. He'll win their hearts and then I'll break them. His presence on Earth will infuriate Spiral delightfully. Teach her a lesson. She's a quick study, darling. She may learn more than you bargained for. Uh, they love me, they adore me, and I make them pay for it. That's all, folks. But I'll be back. It's the classic, what is that, uh, Looney Tunes? Yeah, Porky Pig. Except that it's a real pig. Yes, it's a real pig head. It's horrible. It's just horrible. So, Adam, a long, long time ago, I believe it was X-Men Annual number three, you said all annuals are bad. This is the annual I'll point to as being the good one. Um, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, I, if, I, if I actually did say that, then I'm going to say that um, a lot of annuals are bad. I may be paraphrasing a little bit, but 
to me, this is a, I think they tried something here where, uh, in fact, X-Men Annual number 11, in my opinion, when we get there, we'll read it, of course, is also pretty good. It's just an adventure that happens in 48 pages rather than, you know, the standard 22. But after that, it begins all the annual crossover garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, you know, they were trying something different. Yeah. They're trying to get people to buy a lot of annuals. Is what they're trying to do. Yeah, I guess they were trying to make sales. Yes. So the other inconsistency is like Longshot doesn't appear again. Uh, spoilers until like X Men two fourteen or something, or or after well after the mutant massacre. I don't so think Betsy. What's he What's he been doing this whole time? Betsy actually appears next issue. 211. I checked. Did you? Yeah. That's so weird. it's very good that we we reread this before that. <laughs> Cuz otherwise we'd be all like, who's this? I mean, we'd know who she was. I think they're like, well, you're an alien. Why don't you hang out here uh in the danger room and uh, you know, practice. And what's interesting about Longshot is when he next appears, they don't even introduce him. He's kind of like just it's like he's been there the whole time. There's like a brief thing was like, I don't really quite trust Longshot, but he seems like he's got a good heart. It's strange. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't remember that. First time I remember seeing him is in like issue 216. But yeah, I, I, that might be where his next appearance is. I'm going to be looking for Betsy in issue 211 because I cannot remember her in the Mutant Massacre at all. She's very she's 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 there. You'll see her. Oh, wait, there she is. It's hard to miss. She's got purple hair. Yeah, but she's there as like a new mutant. Yeah, well, she's still, yeah. I think I think by the end of Mutant Massacre, she joins the X-Men. No, that could be. Again. Well, this also starts in a whole X-Babies franchise, essentially. Yeah, the invention of the X-Babies started here. Yeah, and really the X-Babies are only there for like three, four panels. And it's just that whole cute little exchange in the Rolls Royce, which is... I think what defined the ex-babies. The rest of it's them either becoming young or just being evil. Mm. So, there you go. Yeah, if you would like to chime in, please do so. Visit us at www.xmenpodcast.com, facebook.com forward slash Danger Room Podcast. Twitter us at Danger Room Go. Email us, dangerroom at redcatproductions.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Or call us at 501-GET-X-MEN, 501-438-9636. And as always, our theme music is provided by Laszlo Hollyfeld. We read a couple of other things. Which we'll go through pretty pretty briefly. Captain America Annual Number 8 features Wolverine pretty heavily. I read this like four weeks ago, and I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> well, good. Then we'll be able to go through it very quickly. <laughs> yes. uh, the idea here is that Wolverine meets Captain America again, and... Uh, he is at a bar, and a mutant who is the son of the wizard, I think, Nuclo. Mm. I don't know, <laughs> gets attacked by uh, the patrons at the bar for being a mutant, but he's not a mutant. Um, and then he gets attacked by a giant uh, robot who Wolverine saves him. The robot, the robot, robot, <laughs> the robot is made from adamantium, which intrigues Wolverine. It has uh, there is a company in this issue called Ad- Adam Techco. Mm-hmm. which is the, the biggest producer of adamantium in the United States at the moment. Um, we cut over to some Captain America stuff, which is actually pretty good. He go, He's doing some kind of investigative uh, Indiana Jones-style stuff in this basement, which leads him to um, 
essentially investigate the same thing that Wolverine investigates. Um, and then we learn that there is a guy named Overrider who has the mutant ability to communicate with machines mm-hmm. and control them. And the giant adamantium robot is being controlled by this Overrider guy. And they have some sort of sinister plot that they're working on, which Captain America and Wolverine eventually uncover. Uh, it turns out that the giant robot was built by the United States as a um, protection against super soldiers, uh, but then scrapped after it turned out that Captain America was the only super soldier. They just figured, we don't really need this then. Uh, Overrider has a son in it who is uh, terrified of, I guess he asked his dad about nuclear weapons and went into psychotic shock after, after learning what nuclear weapons were and how they could destroy the world. So Overrider is using the... This adamantium robot Tess to help him dump all of the world's nuclear weapons at the bottom of the ocean. Um, Wolverine and Captain America, of course, fight for a little bit. Then they fight a robot. They have a grudging respect for each other. Captain America is kind of a jerk about not trusting Wolverine because he works for Magneto. Wolverine's kind of a jerk because he's miswritten uh, miswritten a little bit. (laughs) Um, And Wolverine lets the guy... the overrider who slips off of his, who is knocked off of his flying vehicle, fall to the ground. Um, Wolverine could catch him. He thinks he's going to catch him with his claws and stab him. Then he changes his mind and just lets him break his neck on the ground. Wolverine then says, oh, the fall didn't kill him. I could have. I didn't. What more do you want? Then he leaves. Captain America is nonplussed. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I only remember bits and pieces of that. Uh, also, the thrilling conclusion of the mystery from Avengers Annual number, what, 15, is concluded here in West Coast Avengers Annual number 1, when uh, we we will learn who the traitor is. And if you're looking at the cover, you're kind of like, oh, well, it's either the devil or Pietro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, let's just go with the devil for now. Um I suppose it could be Damon Hellstrom. I guess. I guess. Um, it could be... Who Who was the guy that um, Cyclops dressed up as that had horns? Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Red Domino or whatever. Eric Eric the Red. The The cartoon character in the lower left-hand corner in the, in the box, is that the character from the X-Factor annual? Uh, X-Factor the- annual... One? The frog guy? Yeah. I don't know. Remember the the frog guy in the X-Factor annual who is the imaginary friend of that little boy? I do. I don't know. Maybe. Because this character does not appear in this issue. No, he doesn't. I don't even know why he's here. Um, Well, Spider-Woman isn't in here, so there's really nothing to report on for her. Uh, But but this is kind of a good issue. Basically, they, they know that there's a traitor amongst the ranks of the Avengers, either past or present. And so they go through all of the Avengers, uh, where they are. They go through all of them. They go through Moondragon, even though she's dead. Hulk, who's tied up. Star Fox, who's out in the cosmos. Binary, uh, formerly Ms. Marvel, who's also in space. We get to see Chode and Corsair and Hepzibah. It's kind of cool. And, uh, you know, and then there's Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver and those. But they decide to track them all down and and do a little investigation, figure out who the traitor is. And uh, it's really none of them uh, that they can ascertain. 
The only one that's really interesting is they call Beast. Beast is at his apartment, and he's like, "Oh, well, it's not me. You know, I'm 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 busy with my X Factor stuff." And they're like, "Oh, okay, cool." Not <laughs> not being like, "Wait a minute, aren't they mutant hunters? Why are you a mutant hunter?" <laughs> They're too busy to deal with all that shenanigans. Whoever's writing this has no idea what X Factor is. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's like, well, I, I'm I'm so busy with X Factor uh, that I, I can't help out as much as I'd love to, even though I'm a, a former Avenger. Uh, they eventually meet up with Scarlet Witch and Vision, who, you know, they're taking care of the babies. And uh, they're like, well, it wasn't us. Like, we're too busy with our family. And uh, they're like, oh, man, not him. It can't be. Um, and it is. It's totally Pietro. Pietro <laughs> sold out the Avengers to Henry Peter Gyrick because he's mad. He's angry. He's angry that his wife left him, and he's angry that the Avengers left him. Apparently, and I guess I didn't connect these dots, but when the Avengers fought the Sentinels in Australia in the anthill, they left him behind. Did We covered that, right? We did cover that, and I think maybe you or I said, like, what about Pietro? Well... This is what about Pietro. The <laughs> Avengers freaking left him in Australia. He got all mad, sought out Henry Peter Garrick, and was like, the Avengers are bad. And actually, I don't remember what the the accusation is. They never really explain what it is, but yeah, that's the gist of it. The Avengers are bad, and one of your own tells us how that you've been evil all along. They never get into the details, but... The idea is that Henry Peter Gyrich has been searching for something to have power over the Avengers. Uh, Quicksilver's leading this weird uh, Zodiac band. I guess they're they're well, a- they're androids. They're yeah, they're all LMDs, which are life model decoys. Right, and they're they're named after astrological signs. So I think they were once real people and then they made LMDs and then all. And I, I say LMD is because they reference it like 8,000 times in this issue. Yeah. And so uh, they're in goofy costumes and Quicksilver brings them to the Avengers mansion where Freedom Force is there helping out with the investigation. But uh, Quicksilver's like, nope, me and my guys here, we got it. We don't need these people. And Mystique's all mad. We're out of here. That's basically what happens. Henry Peter Garrick is like, yep, Quicksilver, you got this Freedom Force. You go home. Just one fire burst. Just one, says Flame Guy. What the, what's his name? Uh, Pyro. Pyro. Yeah. Oh, brain fart. And then Destiny says, hilariously, one need not know Destiny to know the consequences of that, Pyro. <laughs> Just random. The Avengers fight these zodiac signs and eventually i call them the zodiac killers sure the zodiac killers um i don't know chaos ensues Uh, it's a lot of fighting i mean it's 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 good as a guy who doesn't read avengers i found both of these avengers annuals very readable yeah me too totally these were not uh, i was not bored during these reads at all so they make their way, finally, Quicksilver and these the Zodiac Killers make their way to Australia and to the anthill where we get kind of the reason why Quicksilver's so mad. And uh, they, they bust down the doors because there's a weapon or something. Oh, at some point someone says, Quicksilver, he's the key. Yes. All these keys in these a- annuals. There's a weapon or something that Quicksilver got wind of that they want to get. And they uh, know that the Australian government has taken over this anthill that was formerly run by the Sentinels for like a research station. But when they get inside, 
it's empty. It's there's no government employees. It's just Avengers, and they fight. It's not even a, the current members or the West Coast Avengers. It's the the leftovers. It's the leftover Avengers. Yes, the four issue miniseries, the leftover Avengers. I'd I'd buy that. Yeah. Quicksilver finds a weapon. Uh, they developed a particle beam weapon, and he's got like the remote control for it. And so he's he's about ready to kill everybody with the particle beam. And I guess this was the whole plan all along, was to get them here so he could take them out. Um, anyways, Vision shows up and he's like, "Hey, look at my gem. In my gem are your nephews and your your nephew." Kill them if you want, but then you won't be able to see your nephews. Let them live and we'll let you see your nephews. <laughs> <laughs> and Quicksilver's like, fine. I'll tell Henry Peter Gyrick it was a ruse. I think by this point, he, Henry Peter Gyrick has been, uh, knows that it was a ruse. Because right. the, the Zodiac gang uh, let them out, let, let out the news. Um, yeah, so there you go. So yeah, Quicksilver runs away. That's the end. And then madcap jokes ensue yeah uh hawkeye wants to get the game of softball going on and he quickly chooses thor for his team and and everyone's like no (laughs) (laughs) are you people avengers or campfire girls to which all the girls are like you insensitive piece of crap (laughs) (laughs) and everybody throws all of their weapons and stuff at him and it's very funny quicksilver runs away and stands on a butt (laughs) That's B-U-T-T-E, because that's how we pronounce butt on this show. So there you go. In, in the last issue of New Mutants Annual, wasn't Betsy Braddock the key? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to start looking for the key now. The key is in every issue in the late 80s of Marvel I think Comics. it's like it's a thing. You know what else was a thing in this issue that we didn't cover? Somebody calls, uh, maybe it was in Captain America Annual 8. I think Wolverine refers to somebody as a replicant. Oh. So it's like. Okay, they just saw Blade Runner. <laughs> uh, are you sure they? It wasn't the Zodiac Killers. Maybe it was the Zodiac Killers being, uh, uh, yes, being called the replicants. Yeah, that, that's quite possible. Well, finally, Adam, um, I don't have anything to say about this, but did you watch Gifted? Did it? Did it air? <laughs> I guess that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. I I watched Star Trek. <laughs> uh, the uh, Gifted aired on Monday, so oh. Did you watch it? No. Fans of our show, we will eventually watch it and we will talk about it. Um, I've I've only heard mediocre um, reviews of it so far, but we'll see. I heard nothing. I didn't even know it was out. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. You have homework then for some time. Doesn't have to be next time. Anytime. If it's good, we'll do a whole episode on it. If it's okay, we'll probably just tack it on to the end of our show. We'll probably cover it like we did Legion. Talk about the first episode and then talk about the entire series at the end. Yeah. <laughs> In 10 minutes or, or less. In 10 minutes or less. Yes. We'll see. Although, I guess there's a Thunderbird uh, blink. And then if you watched the little teaser I posted out on the page, we know there's a Lorna Dane as well. But... That sounds to me like they're not going to be costume superheroes. They're just going to be runaway kids with mutant powers. Well, because if if the Marvel movies have proven anything, it's that costume characters are not popular. Yeah, nobody would ever watch a movie with colorful costumed characters. That would make no money at the box office. I also didn't watch Inhumans, speaking of things that I haven't watched. Oh my watched. gosh, I heard Inhumans was terrible. I did too. Okay. I mean, it certainly looks terrible. I, I heard that it wasn't as bad as the trailer made it look. 
Okay. I'll probably still watch it eventually. I mean, I may not watch the whole series, but I at least want to give the pilot a chance. But you would cover Inhumans as part of the X-Men or just watch it just because you've watched all the other Marvel shows? Yeah, it, I'm just, I, I wouldn't cover it on, on this, this our show. Cause I, I feel like, I guess Inhumans really isn't an X-Men related thing. I mean, I know that no. it's owned by Marvel Studios and everything, but. Unless they bring Quicksilver into it. Right. That, I think that ship has sailed. They could. They could bring uh, the kid who plays Quicksilver could marry the girl who plays Crystal. Could be a whole side plot. Wait a minute, but are you talking about the kid from the X-Men movies who plays Quicksilver? Yeah. Oh, not the guy who played it in Avengers? No, that guy died. I know, <laughs> he died, but... Uh, oh, okay. So you want to you wanna marry the universes through Quicksilver? Sure. But the second Quicksilver? Yeah, the one that's still alive. Oh. Okay, that's a good idea. I don't know. Is it not a Fox property? Okay, I guess it's not a Fox no, property. No, Inhumans is not. It's a Marvel Studios property. Oh, so it's Disney. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that oh, would well. never happen. All right. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no Quicksilver in the Inhumans. So that, I guess, yeah, that whole plot line. Well, then they can't even have mutants because I, I don't think the Disney Mm-mm. Marvel MU is is allowed to talk about mutants. No, they're not. That's why Scarlet and Quicksilver were genetically altered by right. Baron whoever okay well there you go everybody uh, there you go everybody that's uh, our non-review about a show we haven't watched two <laughs> as a matter of fact so uh, until next time my name's Jeremy my name's Adam and the danger room is closed <laughs>